Chasing Kangaroos acknowledges the First Nations people as the strong and resilient custodians of the land, waters and skies from which we record. We pay our respects and gratitude to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation who nurtured this country for generations and whose stolen land we record these podcasts. We pay respects to their leaders, past and present and emerging, and to the countless First Nations people who have done so much for, to enrich our game of rugby league. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Chasing Jillaroos. My name is Big T, but most importantly, not just more importantly, but most importantly, it's Mary Kay. Welcome to season two, Mary. I will never get over that introduction, <laughs> Big T. You are the important one here. I'm just here riding coattails. No. And listen, it, that, that may have been true. Some people may have thought, oh, I don't really know these people, and that might be true. But my coattails are so uh, voluptuous because I can carry them around. <laughs> with my well-hydrated body because I was recently gifted a beautiful Twitter um, water bottle from yours truly. So how could it possibly be me carrying this podcast when when I have such an illustrious Twitter member amongst us? Well, it's my pleasure, Big T. From memory, you sent me a Seinfeld gift and, look, the pleasure's all mine, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> that was a great competition. I and I don't know how you found yourself in that, but it was it was fantastic. Now, other things that you must have found yourself in, what, what, what was your off-season in between last, well, how many months has it been? Only a few. It's the shortest gap we're ever going to have. How's your off-season been? Big T, what off-season? Whilst we've had an off-season <laughs> from the NRLW, it's obviously been NRLM season. and. Big T, I want to be kind to you because I know you're a Tiger supporter and your team has had some challenges this year. But can I just impress on everyone how difficult it is to support the Parramatta Eels men's team? <laughs> there is never a game where I go in feeling comfortable or confident. Not a single game. And for a team that's been in the top eight for so long, you'd hope that there'd be at least one team that we'd be guaranteed a win against. <laughs> Absolutely not the case. Not the yeah. case at all. Yeah. I mean... I, I do hear that. And and hearing it said like that, it, that does sound somewhat harder than what I have to do with. I go into every game knowing that we'll lose. And so it's an extremely pleasant surprise when we don't lose by a lot. So um, yeah, so I can see that it is the hope that kills you. So that would be very hard. And, and they've had a great season at times. So, yes, I can understand. I can understand. But the, the women's team is also looking very different. So, you know, you had some ups and downs last season. I, I don't know. I don't see how it's going to... I don't, I don't know. I think I saw the New South Wales Cup. Did you get to see much of the New South Wales having Norman's Premiership games? I did. Because that was, again, when I mean, we talk about no off-season, really we just went from the NRLW into that incredible competition. Um, and I don't know if you got to see who ended up winning that competition. Mm-hmm. I did indeed. Did, uh, you did? <laughs> tell, us, tell us who it was, Big T. The mighty West Tigers ended up taking that grand final. Now, 
as as a person I know who loves to write every pass, tell me where were you? How were you watching that game? Talk me through it. I was watching it on my phone, Big T. Yeah. I'm trying to remember where I was. I was out and about that day, absolutely. And I think the challenge with the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership is, of course, that it's happening at the same time as the NRLM. Mm -hmm. So we're supporting our women's team. We're supporting our men's team. Um, But I know the Curtin twins quite well. Shout out to their father, Matt, who actually messaged me on Twitter about four years ago (laughs) to tell me about his talented twin daughters who were in the West Tigers pathway. And I actually interviewed Sophie and Emily together a couple of years ago. They also used to be Mai Tai champions. So... I know Emily quite well, so to watch her kick that goal to win the Tigers the match was just it was special, and I think especially for the Curtin women. Mm. I mean, with the Tigers being given an NRLW team next year, they may be the first of their kind to go all the way from Tasha Gale, Harvey Norman's NRLW. Yeah, well, and and it's that's why I'm so proud of of our club in that space because if. You can pretty much be a five-year-old girl and play football all the way up into a, the NRLW mm-hmm. at the moment in that club, and that's that's an incredible amount of investment and vision and and drive and so many people working in so many different facets and doing such a great job. Something to be very proud of. But Emily Clutch, Clutch Curtin did did kick that drop. I love that. She kicked that drop goal, but the the thing that impressed me the most was the conversion from almost the sideline to level mm-hmm. start because that's a time where it's all on you. We saw Jonathan Thurston go through a very similar problem um you know, how many years ago that was seven years ago um and so to see her slot that the the touch i think i think there was footage of her sister watching her ride that yes. over. oh my god that was enough for me and that was that was hard i i was away at the time and was watching it as well similar to you on a device i was on my ipad but the group i was with wanted to watch the nrlm i think the roosters were playing someone so i was watching my my game on the ipad and unfortunately, because I didn't have commentary, I didn't realize that when we went into extra time, it wasn't golden time already. So I saw the Sharks score and threw my iPad away. I was just like, well, F this. Like, I'm not watching. I don't want to watch them get the trophy. Like, good on them, Sharks win. It was close, but whatever. And so then <laughs> didn't see the drama until I got a, a a message saying, I can't believe the girls are, like, doing this or something like that. And I was like, doing what? Losing eight, ten minutes ago. <laughs> Went, went back on and saw that the game was still on and went, oh, my God, skipped it back to go back to where I was and only to find out through social media and everyone messaging me that we win. And I was still trying to watch it now delayed going just in so much emotional turmoil going. Wow. I'm so annoyed at myself for not you know, insisting that the sound be on, having headphones on just so I could see what's happening or just not throwing the iPad away in disgust um, when watching them score. Because obviously we they score, then we score on the bell um, to take it into Golden Point and then drama ensues. It was just such an incredible game, such such an incredible way to win a grand final. It would have been an incredible way to win a game, but to win a grand yeah. final, that's going to stay with those people for the rest of their lives, coaching staff, all the parents, obviously the players. It'll stay with me. I'll be telling people that story for the rest of my life too. It's incredible, incredible sense. Big T, this is not a flex, okay, but you've now <laughs> jogged my memory. I do remember where I was. Yes. I was doing commentary for the NRLM with SEN yes. and throughout the day we were giving updates and I remember watching and Jimmy Smith and I were just really confused as to what was going on and struggling to piece it all together. So I was- absolutely... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, no, that that has really jogged my memory. And when you speak about the staff, she'll be super embarrassed that I'm doing this, but I just want to give one more shout-out to my friend, 
Jess Schwartz. I think she's a friend to many who will be listening to this show. Mm. Jess Schwartz is the team manager, absolutely adored by all those Tigers women and was such an, a part of that premiership. So congrats, Jess. Congrats to the Tigers. And Big T, I hope you enjoyed that moment because premierships don't come along often, as no. you and I both know. Yes, shaking, shaking when it happened. And Jess is an absolute legend. She has been such a big part of this mm-hmm. podcast. She helped set up a bunch of interviews that I did Um for, for our last season and also throughout different parts of the Chasing Kangaroo timeline um, and things like that. I now feel like I like I now message, direct message people like Bovete Welsh just because Jess set me up with her. So I feel like, you know, I owe Jess a lot. I message her a lot often um, telling her how great she is, gave her a massive shout-out when I did a review for that um, grand final, and also just really active on Twitter. So if anyone wants mm-hmm. to get around and support great people who are doing great things in rugby league, Get on Twitter. Social media is not a bad place. You just need to follow the right people. She is one of those people. Okay. So that was our off-season. Can you think of anything else? I just love that you're throwaway. I mean, you try to warn us that it's not a, it's not a crazy flex, but we're, you couldn't have proved my most importantly bit at the beginning by you, me saying I was scratching my bum <laughs> away somewhere watching an iPad and you were commentating football for the radio. Anyway, let's talk now about <clears throat> predictions for this season. How are you? Let's talk first about the Eels. Like, let's get the Eel out of the room. How are you feeling about that squad so far? Big T, I don't know how I'm going to be able to make predictions about this coming season because there are some of the squads that look completely different. Yeah. And particularly when we talk about a team like Parramatta, I feel good when I look at their squad because there are some untested players in there that I know about. But how that team will come together for the first time in a short competition is something that I'm really interested to see. So we can talk about, for example, Gail Broughton. She'll be playing fullback for the Parramatta Eels, replacing the devastatingly injured Bovetti Welsh. Gail is from New Zealand and has played rugby sevens at an elite level. And I saw her interviewed a couple of weeks ago and it was at Combank. And she goes, oh, this isn't a flex. But the last time that I was here for the nines, I scored a 600-metre try. So I can't wait to see Gail and what she brings. But even when you look at the halves, they are absolutely completely different for the Eels this year. So Brooke Morgan Walker is coming in at number six. Brooke has come across from AFLW. Wow. And Lasana Lutu will also be in the halves. So they've got a completely new spine this year, Big T. So whilst I'll... I feel confident. I don't know how that team's going to come together. Uh, okay, that's fair. Um, let me let me try and make you be more succinct, though, knowing full well that that the the squads are different. You can you can only have a three spot window. So where do you think their eels will be? Where their highest will be, say one. Their lowest then has to be three. Or if their highest is three, then their lowest has to be five. Give me a window where you think the eels will end up sitting. I'm going to say the middle, big T. Yeah, okay. So you think the best they'll do this year is third, the worst they could do is fifth? I think so. Yeah. Okay, I like and that. And the, the reason that I think that, and we'll get on to the other teams later, is some of the best teams from last year have stayed very similar. Mm-hmm. And there's one team in particular that didn't do particularly well last year but has really flexed with their signings this year. Is that the Broncos? No. Oh, it's Newcastle, of course. It's Newcastle. Yeah, they didn't win a game them. last year. Yeah. 
But some incredible signings, you're right. In fact, it's Broncos who have lost a few of theirs um, so that the Newcastle goes well. Uh, I also love the Broncos not making the grand final to me is them not doing well. I've just realised your clues and the poor Broncos <laughs> were not far out. Of it. Okay, so tell me tell me a bit more about the Knights. Obviously, the biggest um, signing is, is Millie Boyle, in my humble opinion. But wh- where are you seeing the Knights? So what's happening for the Knights? So Millie Boyle is obviously a huge signing, as is Tamika Upton at yeah. fullback. And the other thing that I want to highlight is their halves pairing. So they've got Kira Dibb who you'll remember was a standout last year, particularly for the Knights. And then she had that great form in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership for the Bears, was great at a state of origin level. So she's back in the halves. Her halves partner is Jessie Southwell, sister of Hannah Southwell. Right. And when I asked Tasha Gale last year about some players to watch from the Tasha Gale competition for the NRLW in future, she mentioned Jessie. People say that Jessie is better than Hannah. And if you've watched the way Hannah tackles, that is a frightening prospect for me. Okay. And they've got Clydesdale still in there. They've got Millie Boyle, who they brought in. Hannah's obviously a weapon. So that's incredible. Then the defense gets better. I also really quickly want to highlight Caitlin Moran, who. Yes, I'm glad you did because she was where I was going next. Oh, great. Because I loved her, obviously, a thousand years ago. I think, was it a World Cup that she she did her heroics in? Or. What was that a game for the Gillaroos where she ends up, I think, kicking a drop goal to win? You were probably commentating it. <laughs> I definitely wasn't, Big <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a Gillaroos game, and yeah. it's been several years since yeah, we've seen Caitlin at that level. Mm. Anyway, she's back, which is so exciting for me. She's an absolute weapon. She's so good. She sure is, and I think um, Caitlin's a player that a lot of people have been asking about for a long time. It's great to see her back, but I think more importantly, great to see her back at Newcastle, which is, Mm. you know, where she grew up playing her footy. It's a real coming home story for her, and I hope she has a great season. Okay, so where are we seeing them ending up? Where's where's their three-place window? And this is the other thing, Big T, like, Again, I want. I think they will finish higher than Parramatta based on the strengths of their squad. Oh. But again, how did this? How does this team come together in such a short space of time? I don't know. You tell us. Is she, are they going so two, maybe, three, four? I'm going to say two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounded like what you were saying. So, but I'm good. boxing myself into a, into a window here because now I've only got <laughs> one, two, three, and the bottom. Someone's got to finish at the bottom, right? Some, I know. And look, I, that's hard for us because you and I are all about about the positives. But um, yeah, someone's going to have to eventually. I mean, unfortunately, it was Newcastle. And we love them, so that's going to happen. Newcastle Eels. Let's maybe go north for a bit. Where do you see the Titans going this year? That is a good question, Big T. Now, this is a team that hasn't changed too much since last year. Um, They have a new halves pairing as well. Well, they don't necessarily have a new halves pairing, but Emily Curtin has moved from the Parramatta Eels up to the Gold Coast Titans. Mm. Stephanie Hancock is still there. The incredible Stephanie Hancock. Um. Karina Brown, Vani Polite. Yeah. I think they'll be pretty consistent with last year. So I'm going to go. I've given away a two and a three, haven't I? So I'm going to go. Have to go five, I think, for the Titans, Big T. Shit. Okay. So they're doing six, five, four, you think? Or are they doing five, four, three? 
No, I think six five four. I think six five four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard because like someone's got to be somewhere. Okay, six five four. And and I mean, I know it's you're going by very little, but what, what is it? Because what are you saying that's making you think that they drop or that they end up uh, low? I just think Big T. I don't see them having made significant improvements to their right. squad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it, so I, I look at other squads and I think that they've gotten better. I don't necessarily think that the Titans have improved significantly. We're seeing a lot of similar faces from last year and those women, do you know what, Big T, but they may prove me wrong in that because they haven't had many changes, yeah, this yeah. team may have had more time to gel and they might skyrocket to the top. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about this is that no one, everyone's going to find this interesting to listen to, but hopefully no one ever goes back and actually checks because how could we possibly know? We're just doing the best that we can. Um, Roosters, they're doing such a great job. I get, I've been very quietly getting so excited about the NRLW um, because the Roosters are training every day outside of Leica, oh, sorry, in Leichhardt Oval. And I, um, Littlest Tiger, goes to daycare at essentially at Leichhardt Oval. Um, I would love to say that it's a you know young developing rugby league program for three year olds, but it's not. It's just a normal <laughs> normal daycare just happens to be next to Lycott Oval. But I see them training every day and just every day gets super excited, um, and and also just sharing the car park with a bunch of those athletes where they're strutting around, just looking incredibly uh, strong, fit, and ready to go. So I'm super excited about the Roosters this year, and I don't know if it's just the just service just service is about Kelly factor or. What it is? Where where do you think they're going to end up? It's Captain Kelly to you now, Big T. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. So the Roosters, how are they going to back up after being premiers? Tell mm. you what, if I lose my fullback Corbin Baxter to pregnancy, and I get Samantha Bremner as a replacement, yeah, I am feeling pretty good about things. Yeah. I think I've got the Roosters one, two, three, Big yeah, T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am very excited about them. They've made some good signings. I'm excited about Destiny Brill. But as I mentioned, Samantha Bremner, it will be so exciting to see her back. Big T, she's had two kids. Outrageous. Like it actually is outrageous. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? Um, so I'm very, very excited about her, and I do just expect the Roosters to pick up where they left off last year. The the incredible thing about the Roosters, uh, the Roosters W team, just slotting in one international fullback, you know, for another international yeah. quality one, <laughs> is just so roostery that it's great to see that the men's team and women's team just run the same kind of <laughs> <laughs> recruitment thing. It's it's it would warm the hearts of all of those uh, Rooster fans. Um, also, Sarah Tagatuki still being there and just being so huge is, is terrifying. Oh, it um, is. So the last one then is Broncos. Uh, for anyone playing at home, well, we've got two there. more. I think we got two more. Oh, Dragons as well. I'm so sorry. Of course, uh, let's do the Broncos. Though. What if? What are you vibing about the Broncos this year? Should be oh. you know have always been the benchmark. I heard this incredible stat today by at Brett O'Shank on Twitter. The Broncos. What is that never, stat? The Broncos have never won a premiership with the. Titans in the competition. So the last time they That's won one true. in the NRL M was 2006. The Titans came in 07. And then the last time they won the women's one was the year before the Titans came in. Incredible times. Do you think that continues or do you think they bounce back? Where do you think they're going this year? I think it continues, Big T, Ooh, to be perfectly dang. honest. 
Um, I'm frightened saying this because we know that the Broncos have been the benchmark for a long time, but they have been pillaged a little bit, Big T. We've already spoken about Tamika Upton and Millie Boyle. I'm wondering how they respond to the losses of those players. They've still got talent all over the park. They've got Taryn Aitken. They've got Ali Brigginshaw, Chelsea yeah. Lenarduzzi, Amber Hall, Talisha Harden. Um, but I'm not sure that this squad has gotten better. Mm. So it's in a similar vein to that Titans thing. You're not mildly concerned it's just a Queenslander thing that you're accidentally putting New South Wales eyes on? or? Oh, it may be because they do have some new faces that I haven't seen as much of because they play in the Queensland women's competition. Right. Um, but what do you think, Big T? No, I look, I I can't ever get over a team that has Regan Shaw and Leonard mm-hmm. when, when Leonard is laying a platform and Regan Shaw's running the show, I see them top three. So... And it's until Briggs finally shows me that she doesn't have the legs for it anymore, then I'll start questioning this team. But until then, look, I just feel like if with the World Cup also coming up, I want Ali in that team anyway. So while she's in the Broncos team, I'm terrified and, and think they'll do well. And I think this is the challenge, Big T. You've gotten me to do all these predictions, but they're scrambled in my head again. Like, <laughs> and that to me, it, that to me though, is the strength of the NRLW. Yeah, I could see any one of these teams finishing at the bottom. I could see any one of these teams taking it out. And to me, that's exciting and something I think the game needs to take care on. You know, as mm. we expand, because I always want it to be this exciting. Also, just well, I mean, we're going to get to it in a sec, but Upton. Upton's first game, I think, is up against uh, the Broncos. Yes. So that's, that's great. And Boyles. And Boyles. Oh, wow, of course. Um, okay, and then the the minor premiers and, and arguably strongest team last year that just couldn't win the grand final, Dragons, where, where are they going to end up? And this is the thing. I think I've only left one spot open, but I think it's too low for a Dragons team. That has also stayed pretty consistent from last year. And I expect them to absolutely pick up where they left off last year. Mm. Uh, shout out to one particular player, Andy Robinson, who will be making her debut on the wing. Some of you may remember Andy. She played in that um, State of Origin under-18s game and was absolutely oh, electric, what? scoring two tries. Wow. I mean, their back line is, is incredible. Uh, and obviously with Elsie Albert there, uh, Kezi Apps, uh, and Holly Wheeler, who we talked about last season over and over again, Quincy Dodd on the bench, and also the return, the slow return of Chantal Stowers, who mm-hmm. who I also used to love. I think she had she had some COVID issues for the last year or two, and so um, had to miss them. But before that, uh, in in New South Wales and for the Bears, and and just everything she was doing was great. So she's also making her slow return which is exciting. And it's it's when you can recognise people on the reserves bench, like not the interchange, but on the reserves. Like that has to mean that the NRLW is going from strength to strength. When they, when when we know and, and care about people all the way down, that bottom thing, they must have depth. Like this, the system is slowly working. Absolutely. So Shawnee, as you said, is a reserve, isn't even making the starting lineup at this stage. But she's not the only face that I recognize on the reserves bench. Yeah. Renee Target has been starting hooker yes. in the past for the North Sydney Bears. Cassie Staples is a former Australian Sevens player. And then for the Titans, my goodness, you've got Roxy Murdoch, you've got Annette Brander, 
You've got Hagiga Mosby oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. April Ngatapuna as well. So strong reserves there too. Yeah, yeah, Mosby, right now that I've heard that name for sure. Yeah. Um, incredible. Times uh, have changed and we're living such a great time. It's only going to get more exciting because if Everyone's going to finish top, Big T. Everyone's <laughs> going to finish number one and it's just going to be points differential. Now the other small, I had to bring it down, but the other small possibility is that the season we just had, the 22-1, was exactly what you'd want in a football competition. It was so close. The finals were incredible. The grand final was great. And and I know that there was at least two times where we said, is this the best game so far in NRLW? And we said yes. And then we said, is this the best round a couple of weeks later? And we both agreed it was. So there is a there is a small chance that this season doesn't measure up to it, but it's okay because in 2023, the real competition starts. <laughs> so it was just a very long-winded way for me to get back to the West Tigers coming in. Thanks, everyone, for putting up with me for the last minute. Okay, so let's let's now drill down. That's what we're thinking, big picture, and it's in, incredibly hard. Let's try and just look now um, at this week. I think the official kickoff uh, for the season is Tomorrow, at time of recording, probably comes out at the same time that the official launch is happening. First game is on Saturday. It's the Eels versus Roosters at 1 p.m. at Combank. Are you going? I am absolutely going. Commentating? Correct. Not commentating. Okay. I'll Just enjoying doing, it? Actually, I'll drop when I'm commentating as we go through, but oh. I will be commentating <laughs> some NRLW games this year. I'm very excited. Not lead commentator, just special comments, Big T. That's the best. You don't want lead. Yeah. Lead's the no, worst. No, no, no. No, no. I like to just interject when I like, much as yeah. I do like on this show, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've also um, had the opportunity to do both. And and when I realised that the other one was just essentially what I do when I'm watching football, but people have to stop and listen, I was like, this is this is the greatest thing ever. No one talks mm. to me and everyone says, this is the best job. Um, okay, so Eels, Roosters, we, we've Already talked a bit about the new um, players and things like that. How are you feeling against this Red Hot Roosters team? I'm going to tip the Eels because the Eels have not lost at Combank from memory. Oh, okay. From memory. I could be wrong there, but from memory they have not lost at Combank Stadium. I'm really going to be looking to the likes of Gail Broughton and also towards um, Brooke Morgan Walker to provide some much-needed attacking punch. But the Rooster side is scary. I mean, one point separated these teams the last time they played last year. It was a field goal, and we all know that the Roosters went on to win the premiership after that. So I'm expecting a close game, and I'm expecting the Eels to lift at home. Through my um, love of social media and rugby league social media, I have seen that Samima Taufa is training the house down. Um, of course she is. <laughs> she's an absolute workhorse. And so she's going to look incredible. I can't wait to see her back out um, just cutting people down left, right and centre. Uh, I'm not, unfortunately, going to go with you. I will be tipping the roosters. Fair enough. Until I see them look terrible, they're just – the names on that page are just – I mean, it's too good. As you said, Captain Kelly – um, and also, I've just accidentally seeing them constantly in Leichhardt Oval is just making you know my heart even warmer. Um, of as if course, yeah, as if they're my second team. So the uh, the next game is on Sunday, twelve p.m. It's at Wynn Stadium, which is which is nice. It's Dragons and Titans. Um, how do you see that one going? Well, I, I can predict from your table how you think it's going to go, but talk me through it. Yeah, I don't think you can go past the Dragons for this game. 
be an interesting contest for mine because these are two teams with squads that have remained pretty consistent over the off-season. But as I said, I expect the Dragons to pick up where they left left off last year. I think they'll be extremely disappointed they didn't win the Premiership and there'll be some real fire in the belly there for the women in red and white. Last year, the only – obviously the Titans came in last year. Both times they played, the Dragons won. And so even if, if you're thinking about their, both their squads not changing very much, is true, then you'd imagine that that, that trend mm. would continue. And then Sunday, uh, later that night, 6.10, which I absolutely love. But, I mean, as a, generally I want to talk to you about the schedule because I know that that will be great radio. But as a rugby league fan, starting and then having football go all Sunday is an absolute dream. So I'm loving that. But Knights, Broncos, it's in Newcastle. Um, so instead of having a triple header or a double header, we've got everyone playing uh, everyone actually getting a, a home team, home ground. Knights, Broncos, which way do you see this going? Because going from your table, um, this would be a flip of the coin maybe. I'm going to go the Knights on this one. I don't yeah. know whether it can be counted as an upset because we haven't had any games yet this year. But, no, I'm going the Knights. The Knights are yet to win a game in the NRLW. They're going to get their first win this weekend. And against such big opposition, we already brought up that a bunch of those players have changed. There'll be a lot in this game, uh, media-wise, emotionally. And to get that first win, seeing Caitlin Johnson finally get that win will be heartwarming, to say the least. Epic. Now, talk me through how how we did end up. As, as I, although I'm excited about a Sunday 6 p.m. game, um, now I think about it, it is, it is prime parenting time. So. Talk me through the scheduling. There's no Friday game for the first game ever. Two games on Sunday. One's at 12, which is a really challenging time, particularly since most local football have their finals on at the moment. So most kids or families will be at those if they're still part of the final series in their local community. Tell me about the scheduling. I'm assuming you've had something to do with it. You're, you're, you've got your finger <laughs> on it. They would have asked Certainly you. not. Certainly not. <laughs> It's a lot, Big Tech. <laughs> I think it's a lot. So That pause for anyone who's new to the show means that Mary's angry. If she pauses for that long, you're in trouble. Not necessarily angry, Big T. It's more about if someone's at home, then they'll basically be on the couch from 12 till 9.30 on Saturday. Is that right? Have I got that right? Sunday? It would be on Sunday. I don't know about Saturday. Because there's a game that starts at 1 p.m. on Saturday, so there would be from 1 so, to 9.30. From 1 till 9.30. So yeah. Parramatta must be on at 1 o'clock. So 1 till 9.30 and then Sunday from 12 till 8 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of rugby league. And I feel like, again, for the fans that like to go out and watch the NRLW, it seems like we are absolutely locked into the double headers this year. Right. Uh, so I will be at Combank Stadium for a grand total of, I think, five, six hours on Saturday to see both teams play. Um, I, I understand they're trying to line it up with the men's teams, but for me it's just it's a lot of rugby league to get through on a Saturday and Sunday. There'll probably be people cheering about it, though, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I guess the issue is, I mean, maybe it would be better if they're not bookending the, the days as well. I think that's the other issue is that you a lot of people wouldn't start until maybe later in the afternoon and then some of them won't want to keep going really late at night. And so putting them at either end of all of those days as well seems a little maybe, you know, disingenuous, but 
if they were in the middle, like at a five o'clock or, or you know, four o'clock, then it would feel like they're really supposed to be a part of the football coverage rather than just mm. add-ons. Um, and I think that's what it feels like to me, Big T, like we're just trying to, you know, manoeuvre the women around the men's game. And yeah. I think there is absolutely a role for double headers going forward. Like I loved it last year, but it's going to be a lot. And as the competition continues to expand, how people are going to have to start making choices, right? Yeah, that's right. Because next year there'll be another two games on. So are we just going to be watching rugby league all the time, Big T, from 8 yeah. o'clock on Saturday morning till 9.30 at night? And it sounds great. Like when you and you say that out loud, I'm like, yes, what's wrong? But then really, like most people can't do that. As much as that, that does sound like a dream, just have more football on, there are parts of the weekend that just don't allow you to to be sitting there. And and really after maybe two or three weeks of that, it is very lackadaisical to be sitting still for that long and just watching that. Yeah, absolutely. So and, we'll and see how right. it goes. There has to be a time then where there's an NRL W game on when there's an NRL M game on. Like that has to be the end game of all of this, right? Like they can't – I know the, we haven't – we don't really have that at the moment um, because the AFLW plays before the AFL M. So is there any sport at the moment – even the tennis plays at different times of their finals. So is there any sport actually in the world that – has both of them playing at the same time? It must. Well, from the big sports that I know, Big T, I know that the AFL-M and AFLW sort of run at the same time, but the big one that I'm really thinking about is the MBBL, and, yeah, I'm going to start calling it the MBBL, I think, and mm. the WBBL, and they have completely different pockets. Okay. Okay. So, so you, that- could watch, you could watch every WBBL game in October, November, and then watch every... MBBL game from December through to January. That's not what they're going to do with this, though, right? Like the end game for them surely is that we we watch them both at the same time, right? Well, I think that is the end game, Big T, but are you cannibalising your audience then? Yeah, shit. How does yeah. it work? I'm just, I'm just curious as to what that looks like because in future, if I need to maybe choose between watching the NRLM and NRLW, unless it's Parramatta, Maybe I'm watching the NRLW. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely doing a case-by-case basis, working out which one's Correct. more important or which game's going to be more entertaining. But but for that, I'd still need to keep a close track on on what's happening across all of them so I know what's happening. Yeah, this is interesting. I wonder if their market research shows that more people are just fans of their own team and that they don't actually watch other games. And so they're just trying to give you more of your team rather than rather than give you more football. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll just end up – It maybe could be. Yeah, I think that's I think that's poor. I don't think that's good. Because Big T, like you and I, are probably not the right people to ask. Because yeah. with respect, we're lunatics. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are going to be other people that you perhaps just want to watch the women's game, or just the men's game, or just their teams, or just whoever's on at a convenient time. Yeah. Whereas I would probably watch as much as I could whenever I could. Yeah. But you know, eight hours on Saturday and eight hours on Sunday. Might be a little much. Might mm. not be a little bit much for Mike Wood. He's probably got the popcorn <laughs> ready. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah far out. I mean, I'll, I'll just, I guess, consume more games through through highlight packages, I guess. I mm-hmm. can't, um, which I guess also isn't bad. You know, boost subscription, blah, blah, blah. Somebody's making money off me somewhere, yada, yada, yada. Um, okay. Well, I mean, you're right. I'll end up watching a lot more of the West Tigers women's 
games and then at the cost of NRLM games when that when that eventually happens because they'll be premiership winners probably too. So <laughs> um, I'll, I'll worry about that when I come to it. I guess the best thing is that that scenario has the NRLW going extremely well with lots of teams in, in prime time and so that would be an incredible problem to have if and when. Mm-hmm. Here, here, couldn't agree more. Now, Mrs. Mary, we are we're, we're here at the end of all of my notes. Is there something that we've missed, or something that you've remembered that you're probably doing some yacht NRL yacht that you're launching on the weekend? Oh, or, uh, I don't know. That I don't sounds know. good. I don't know what blue tick people do. NRL Island exists surely for the rich and blue ticks like you. Would go. Yeah, I can yeah. assure you that I am not on any island at the moment. <laughs> I'm probably on. I'm on Sean Lane Island by myself, I think, Big T. Um, there is, though, one thing I would like to bring up. Um, I mentioned to Big T earlier that I haven't been on social media as much recently because I've been doing some external study. That's not really the point I'm trying to make. But something that went quite big today was Katie Brown shared a photo that Julia Br- Sorry, let's try that again. Katie Brown shared a photo that Julia Robinson from the Brisbane Broncos had shared on her Instagram. And it's a photo of um, it's a photo of of Julia. She's just come out of training. She's wearing a Broncos singlet. She is ripped, big yeah, T. These I've like beautiful, bulging biceps. And when I saw that photo, I was like, what a strong, powerful woman. And then you look at the comments and some of the disgusting comments made in response to Julia's body just demonstrates to me how far we still have to go. Um, I know that people listening to this podcast won't be commenting like that, but I've got a story coming out on The Raw tomorrow that talks about, you know, some of the challenges and the instances over the last week. I mean, I was absolutely rocked by the death of Paul Green. Absolutely rocked. I still don't think I'm I'm quite over it, Big T. Just a really, really heavy heart. And I'm just going to encourage everyone out there to be a little bit kinder to each other because it's one thing to talk about the importance of mental health and reaching out and yada, yada, yada. But think about the way you're engaging with other people on social media. And I think as well, it's a systemic issue, Big T. We've got the way the media reports on players and the intense pressure that they put our referees and coaches under. We've got the impact of sports betting and, you know, people yelling at players over social media if they ruin their multis. We've all got to be a little bit better. Yeah, no, well said, Mary. I saw that, well, in other small good news, the only thing I've seen on social media about that is just people being outraged like you, maybe not as eloquent as you, but all of them, the only reason I've seen that photo is just is just social media talking about how yeah. horrible those other people are and how this isn't how we treat people. Um, yeah, and also devastated that she doesn't play for the Tigers. She looks incredible. <laughs> she uh, sure does. Wow. <laughs> Train the house down. So my amateur, you know, me is also I'm worried. stuffing lollies in my mouth, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's an excellent note to end on. It's been an absolute pleasure, Mary, speaking to you again. Let's uh, let's talk again next week, Big T, when uh, all my predictions are wrong and have gone out the window. <laughs> Great. That sounds like every week that I talk about the NRLM as well. So it'll be a seamless transition. <laughs> Feels <laughs> just like home. <laughs> if you're listening to us now, we'd love for you to interact with us on Twitter and Insta about the NRLW. Find Mary at Ladies Who League, me at The Biggest Tiger, and, of course, the show at Chasing Ruse Pod. 